incident would happen. Really? I was first watching like trailers for the movie. Really? I've How only seen her in like... one other movie. Scott Pilgrim saves the world. No. Kong Skull Island. And she had no role whatsoever in Kong Skull Island. So that's why it was like, okay, so like Brie Larson is like an Academy Award nominated actress. I don't know her from anything else that she's been in. Wasn't she in that Prometheus uh, sequel? (laughs) Oh, wait, that's someone else who looks exactly like She reminds me of my old boss, actually. Like, I literally was going to text my old boss, like, I'm watching Captain Marvel right now. And it's like, I'm watching you on the screen. But then I thought that'd be rude. Women don't like that comparison. Nintendo Sega Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. Welcome, everybody, to the Screen Looker Podcast Show. I am your host, Martin Ben, and with me today is Daniel George. How are you doing today, sir? I have been robbed today. <laughs> You've been, wait, what? The, the criminal was Master Time. <laughs> I don't he know. stole an hour of my sleep. He did. He did. I got out of uh, the movie last night, and I was like, it's not been three hours. There's no way that was three hours. Why is it three o'clock in the morning right now? And and it was like, (laughs) oh, daylight savings time. I'm literally fretting here. Like, what? There's this this movie. I didn't like. So to be completely honest, just to clear everyone in, uh, I went to go see Captain Marvel yesterday. It was a midnight showing. I was only slightly tired when I walked through the door. Um, by the end of the like first major act area, I had fallen asleep, and I woke up at about the part where uh, the movie actually starts like moving into the backstory and her figuring things out and all that stuff. Um, so, needless and to how say, she became a Nine Inch Nails fan? I missed that part. I missed that part. <laughs> I only saw the T-shirt. But they probably did explain it a little bit, I imagine. I probably, they probably did not. (laughs) (laughs) It was very weird seeing, like, all these 90s references in there. Um, Like, even, like, it wasn't really weird to see Samuel Jackson with a young face. It was mostly weird because it was seeing Samuel Jackson with a young face and not in the roles he used to play in the 90s. Like, Nick Fury is so much more of a distinguished persona than Juice from Pulp Fiction or (laughs) the Samuel Jackson running around in glasses and a t-shirt in uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. So it's that was the weird part for me is like as somebody who's followed that man's career, like from being the DJ and all these other different movies with Spike Lee to like all the things he was doing in the 90s and being like, yeah, 
the negotiator is who's in this movie. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Um. But yeah, outside of that, uh, decent flick. Um, uh, for the hour that I hour on hour and a half that I actually watched. Um, the other parts that I missed, not sure that that important. Uh, because I didn't feel like I missed the thing when I woke up. <laughs> but, um. I enjoy Brie Larson well enough as as uh, as Captain Marvel. Um, literally, did not know she had a sense of humor up to this point. So it was oh cool well. See. I guess uh, I guess you ha- you've been paying attention to her Twitter account. Anyways, absolutely not. Absolutely no, not. it was it was not until she was in this movie and I saw like her doing a workout. And she reacted to one of the workouts where he gave her a cookie after she finished it. And then she like fell on the floor like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. She's actually kind of funny. And then she was actually funny in the movie. And those are the two references I have for that. Uh, We were talking before. (laughs) I only saw her in Kong Skull Island. So I know there are other things that she's been in. I just have not watched any of them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I I don't remember much about her before, like, in terms of, like, the breadth of roles she's had before Room, but, of course, she was in uh, a small Canadian flick called uh, Scott Pilgrim Saves the World, (laughs) uh, which is set and takes place and filmed in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's your fact, Canadian fact of the day. I didn't have to go... I didn't have to dig deep that this time. No, it was just just sitting on the tip of your tongues there. Tip of yeah, tongues. she's also in you know United States of Tara, all these other things that exist. I, I don't even know these other things. She was apparently <laughs> in Twenty One Jump Street, and I missed it. I've watched that movie. That's I have I've not seen. seen that movie. Oh, you should! It's really it's, funny. It's actually. Yeah, I, I know. It's. Yeah, I just it's don't. Funny. I. I don't. I watch TV now. I don't watch movies because usually I have it on the other screen. Mm-hmm. And if I'm watching a movie, I have to like, it's set up for a 90 minute adventure, like a TV episode in a series. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like, what, like, you know, there's the in between that you don't have to be paying attention to. Like, you know, the scene transitions or, you know, the, the opening credits, like, in a movie, you kind of, you know, someone could be holding a piece of paper and that paper is a Chekhov's paper. Mm-hmm. So, I, it, me having 90 minutes to dedicate to watching one screen and do, not doing work doesn't exist in this post swaglenial future that we live Swag-lineal. in. Like, I'm literally looking through these things. I've seen 13 going on 30, I've seen Sleepover, I've seen Hoot. I've seen Well, 13 things. Going on 30 is her first movie. I don't think... <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just going back. Like, I've literally actually seen her in more things than I thought. And I just didn't know. Oh, it's always she's fun when you go back. She's in some Jay-Z and Beyonce thing? What in the world? I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. She's also in uh, Avengers Endgame. Video. Yeah, yeah, she has a. They have a nice little post credit scene uh, teasing that. So. Oh, know. she was in United States of Tara. I've seen an episode of that. <laughs> she was on Community, 
I don't remember she was on Community. Oh, yes, she was. I completely forgot. And now Oof. I kind of want to go back and watch Community now because I missed it. Um, she was on The League, which is, again, I'm literally sitting here like every time I Wait, see Brie she Larson, was? she just has a straight face. And it doesn't look like she's ever made a joke in her life. And now <laughs> I'm like discovering that she's been on all of these comedies that I that I just did not see her in. She, so. I can't. Oh well, she, she. I can't believe. First off, I can't believe there was a series in 2001 that starred Bob Saget, Kat Dennings, and Brie Larson, <laughs> bringing forth all three members of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wait. Where is, <laughs> where is Bob Saget in the Marvel? No, universe? he's not in there. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, Kat Dennings, I know was in the Marvel universe. Um, unfortunately, she was in the not so great movies of the Marvel universe and Thor, Thor: The Dark World. Both not great. Not great Thor. Movies. Thor, I think, was an okay first movie, and especially one of the first like. We're, we do in the cinematic universe now, movies, when they started to drop. Uh, like, it was fine. The first one. All right. It was fine. We'll we'll go with it. I didn't fine. say fun. I said it was fine. That's what I'm saying. It was fine. It was fine. We Natalie fine. Portman should not be in... She. <laughs> I was going to say she should not be in a big movie... Uh, universe but then i realized <laughs> she became the providence i was from saying, queen uh, Amidala. not like it was like her greatest role ever i th- i think she could work in a universe of sorts but not as the love interest um in the jackie kennedy kennedy cinematic universe <laughs> Oh man, I just I just didn't enjoy uh, the romantic comedy part of that movie, uh, and then the second movie made it even weirder because it was like, oh yeah, he can't come back to Earth anymore. Oh, now he's back. Oh, now she's mad at him because he was knowingly banished to another realm and couldn't come back again. This is stupid, guys. We got to get out of this. Yeah, <laughs> any rom com or whatever. Everyone understands the established rules, but people still are mad at others. You're like, what is this? Um, Why didn't you just, you know, just break the rules? (laughs) Why didn't you just go against everything that you said in the last movie? Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, we here talk about video games here on the Screen Liquor Podcast. Um, Movies are just another screen. (laughs) They are another screen. Uh, And um, by the way, my cousin was like, you going to go see Shazam? And I was like, uh, no. No, I'm not. Um, really? My, my sister said she doesn't want to go see it. And the only reason I ended up going to see Aquaman was because of my sister. But I, I don't have any desire to watch either of those movies. I, uh, ever. I Well, the thing is, like, it seems like it's counter to every other DC movie, which is why I want to see it. But it's also the same role that Zach Levi has been playing since Chuck. So I'm not really sure I need to see that again. But the He's... thing is, it's not because... Oh, well, fuck. I was going to say it's about... I was it's about, about to say what? it's about someone who mm-hmm. d- is thrust into a situation of being a fish out of water who doesn't oh, know oh. the capacity of their skills but learns over time 
and uses comedy as a shield. Oh, almost. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? But Everyone I didn't say I'm that, so rude. thank God. Everyone thinks I'm just rude. I know I know the guy well. I watched his career, mostly in the sense of I watched Chuck. That's all you need to do. He was on, I, he was on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for a couple episodes, which is weird. Um, he's like a doctor there. I guess that's his way of trying to play up that he's different now. I don't know. But then he does this movie, so it's all the same. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't seen much of Chuck, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> Chuck actually and has, also. Um, yeah, Ivan Strahovski in it, who was uh, dang it, I can't remember her name now. Miranda, in, yeah, Miranda. That was uh, my first correlation of like, oh yeah, people in like video games do like regular TV shows and things like that too. Um, outside but... of like, I didn't play the game first. Essentially, okay. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I played the game in like 2012, <laughs> 2013 um, when they finally released like the whole trilogy on PS3. So that's when I played, uh, that, um, which was after Chuck. And Chuck went through this whole thing of where it was gone, then it was back. People were marching the subway to make sure that they supported the show. It's a weird thing. You should look it up. Uh, yeah, was, so show was cool. So you're telling me that? Mm-hmm. Oh, what am I looking at? Or you're you're telling me that Zobek from Lords of Shadow is in a Star Trek show? Wait, what? That's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. I've never played Lords of Shadow. <laughs> so, uh, what other? Oh, he's only in Star Trek games, of course, and X Men games, of course. <laughs> I was more talking about like lesser known people. Um, like literally, my biggest touch point for voice actors is the previous actor for God of War, who used to be on Living Single, and that was like. The biggest, like, what the hell? <laughs> when I found that out, I was like, really? This is what you're well, doing with yourself now, Kyle? <laughs> uh, to, <laughs> talking about, like, Pulp Fiction, like, you talk, you want to talk about an iconic voice actor, you get the guy who got shot in the back, of the, in the head in the back of the cruiser, Phil yeah. Lamar. Yeah, well, who, I completely forgot about Who is in every that. video game imaginable. I always forget about him. I mean, I know that they've had big voice actors before. Like, obviously, I think Samuel L. Jackson was Grand Theft Auto Vice, uh, not Vice City. Um, oh, he was most definitely the cop in San Andreas. Uh, San Andreas, yeah. Like, I know he was in that. Like, I know there were bigger actors. I just, when you think about the pool of voice actors that are well-known, like, I normally don't see them in other things. And so it it's weird. It's like it's like when you saw Ashley Johnson in The Avengers and then also saw her in The Last of Us. It's like that's weird. I don't I didn't <laughs> that's just weird. I'd never expect to see most voice actors on screen if I find out about them as voice actors first. Um Well, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're going to start seeing more of uh Brian Deckard in the future. Just in general, because of his role as Connor in Detroit, become David Cage. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. He's um, he seems like he's pretty well known. Um, though he's been in Step Up 3D. Um, so, oh, so there don't you go. do this to me. <laughs> what? 
I'm just I'm just looking at the movies, man. <laughs> That's but he is a voice actor. Like you you still Yeah, yeah obviously. Like Phil Lamar obviously. is now technically movie actor turned mad TV uh cast mate turned voice actor. You always forget about those first seasons of Mad TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's been around. You know, he's been doing things. Um Brian Deckard's been like kind of around but then not really but now also here let's meme him pressing the big circle button on the playstation controller yeah have you seen those memes i have not i i literally don't pay attention to detroit memes or any deck art memes don't worry if i bring up memes then i won't turn 30 in less than a year (laughs) must be must be young with the kids um I think the other one I think of is uh, Ashley Birch. Like, I know her only as a voice actress, uh, but she was also on YouTube doing stuff before, too. So I was like, didn't realize that until after everything I knew about her with Horizon. So there you go. Um, Needless to say, this is uh, Adventures in Martin is Old and Out of Touch. Uh Yep. Um, speaking of being a little out of touch, um, Anthem doesn't really seem to know how to function as a game. <laughs> what is the name of this segment? This is called uh, a new segment for the show called I Can't Believe This Has Happened, brought to you by Fallout 76. Uh, <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> so The sponsorship uh, deal. We, I, you know, we, we only It's not sponsored money. officially. Let's make that clear immediately. Right, right. We only make money for every copy of Fallout 76 we convince people to buy, which thus far has been none. So, <laughs> Well, it's good because in Germany we get the sale of two when they bundle them together. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so apparently in Anthem, and this was just, you know, there's in every community of loot games, there's always the people who try to figure out the best we like weapons to use um and every every rpg in ever that includes a progressive either d20 or loot based system it's all about min minimizing uh inefficiency and maximizing skill efficiency right and so generally the way this works is like you're normally working towards your higher level guns that have higher level capacities and higher uh, abilities to, you know, affect how you are working and then also how they themselves are shooting against others. Well, according to uh, Rachel England over at Engadget, um, she found out uh, through uh, player Yeet Lord Supreme. Um, that oh, that game. is that is that might be an all timer. You know how Deadspin has like the names March Madness bracket, right? And it's something I'm looking forward to so much. Yeah, that's one of the now oh, that, that uh, this is actually something like people talk about, like how a lot of blogging g- games journalism now is just finding something on Reddit and like posting it, and like it's it's kind of like a fair criticism but it's also like a wide vast like the sharing of information is more sociable than ever so people are sharing it on social media platforms and it's now more visible so 
It's new. It makes sense <laughs> that Yeet Lord Maximus or whatever you just said. Le- Yeet Lord Supreme. Lord Supreme. No, no. Like people Supreme. are now sharing, you know. Like it was S-U-R-P-R-E-M-E. it was a P R E M E. Oh, Surprim. <laughs> yes. It's not even Supreme. It's Yeet Lord Supreme. Because apparently so, someone already had Yeet Lord Supreme. <laughs> so I, really I can't wait for lowercase x, uppercase x, underscore 42069. <laughs> uh, blaze it. X underscore underscore is the one that drops the P tape. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and everyone has to quote them. <laughs> It's amazing. Every part of this story is amazing. So, anyways, <laughs> starting with just the player's name, Yeet Lord Supreme detailed in a Reddit post that level one defender rifle, the standard starting gun, killed one of the enemy types, the Scar, easier than the level 45 Rauner's Blaze rifle. You don't need to know anything about Rauner's Blaze, just know that's a ridiculous statement. He said, while a bullet from the level 45 gun registered 1184 damage on the enemy and the starter rifle registered just 286, it took four four bullets to kill the enemy with the defender compared to six with Rauner's Blaze. So literally, the first weapon in the game you got is one of the most effective weapons at killing one of the enemy types. Um, He then went on to say... Uh, I have tested this with various weapons and enemies, and while the numbers vary, the results are always the same. The level 1 Defender Rifle is by far the most effective weapon in my inventory. It melts literally everything. With some more colorful language, because he wouldn't be a Yeet Lord Supreme without colorful language. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, um... There, uh, obviously, Anthem responded rather quickly once people found this out. Uh, BioWare confirmed that this is an issue. Um, responding to the Reddit thread, community manager Andrew Johnson responded. He has confirmed with the team that this is, in fact, a bug related specifically to the default items on a loadout in combination with higher level gear you have equipped. It's not functioning as intended, and the team is working on it for an upcoming fix. Meanwhile, the game's lead producer, Ben Irving, mentioned on a developer live stream that it is something they can fix super easily. They've just got to work how quickly they can get it out. So, needless to say, <laughs> this was my favorite story in the intervening week because there's nothing like watching a fire and then watching it get bigger and wondering how many things it's going to burn in its path because that is the trajectory of Anthem <laughs> as it stands yeah. right now. I can see, you know, you you pretty much tumbling dominoes, and now it's going from one path to the other path. It's one of those dominoes that hits two dominoes. Yeah, like you, you they <laughs> they built up a whole like ma- like major plan of this entire rollout, how everything's gonna go, and where they wanted the dominoes to fall, and then somebody pushed it from the other side. <laughs> They're just like, wait, 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 wait. This is a lot to do that. <laughs> This isn't supposed to happen this way. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that that was, that was amazing. Similar, the, the, as people have pointed out, Anthem is not nearly as bad of an issue as Fallout 76. Like, no one is getting bug tickets directly to their email of other people's information. Nothing that bad. You know. But 
It is. We're not. We're not talking about the deconstruction of an online society, (laughs) right? We're talking about just, hey, man, like it really wouldn't have cost you all the fixes you've done in the last month and a half. It really wouldn't have cost anything to just have a proper beta of people playing the game and releasing it towards the end of March. Like, I understand the Division 2 is coming out, but all you got to do is hit that 31st date and then you're in the fiscal year. It's six weeks and it's all it's been for six weeks is, hey, we're fixing this. We're fixing this. We're fixing this. We're fixing this. It hasn't been a new content drop. There's been new events, but no new content. Oh, man. But but you have to have a window that gives uh, seven days to the origin early access. And then you also have to give the... And then you have to have the real release date, which has the real day one patch that improves it to have a gun that doesn't even count numbers properly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Um, yeah. let's move on to, uh, to other things that are, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, Nintendo Labo VR kit. Daniel, uh, you try, did you try the Nintendo Labo? Did you, did you work on Nintendo Labo at all? Uh, f- s- try to sell me $80 worth of cardboard ones. Shame on you. <laughs> try to sell me, uh, 720p. 720p visual VR box over top a Nintendo Switch. Every one of these images looks like the cover of the book Examining Wood and the caption underneath that says, yep, that's wood. (laughs) So the Nintendo Labo VR kit Toy-Con 04 double remix Revengeance. (laughs) It sounds like a Japanese anime. And 325 days. Yeah. <laughs> over just... over two. <laughs> Cross. Oh, Created symbol that never existed before. Versus Mario. <laughs> For, featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Uh, so, uh, all right. I'm looking on our website. Okay, let's go to the Nintendo Labo actual website. So it's so simple, friendly, fun. You have a starter set with which comes with a blaster, aka the modern version of Duck Hunt, right? Which right. is just a, a box that goes over the Nintendo Switch. Please shove your six-year-old into this screen up close. It won't be bad. I. So I didn't really look at this in full until today, and I'm looking at the image here, and by all means, I understand what they're going for here, but this isn't VR, right? Like, am I No, this is Google uh, Cardboard. This is Cardboard in Switch version. I guess, I mean, I must, I have to see it in, uh, in action, um, because I've used Cardboard before, and... <clears throat> like putting that up against your phone was pretty actually pretty cool in the sense of like you could like move around and move different directions and be able to see things differently. Um I'll be very curious how they make that work with the Switch um overall just cuz I don't know. It it doesn't seem like it would necessarily work, but you know, Nintendo it's, has It's it's all about concaving happen. concaving each lens so that it resembles a dual look. Similar to, 
It, yeah, it's like Google Cardboard. And oh, look, it's made of cardboard. It makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's. I think it'll be cool for the kids who have Labo. <clears throat> you know, all ten of them. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's. They just doubling down on this cardboard thing, man, and this prices at just like seventy dollars. Goodness. Well, isn't uh, it forty? Um, for those interested in buying the Nintendo Labo Toy-Con 04 VR kit, it will be available on April 12th for Nintendo Switch. Remains to be seen if the price will be remain at a nice $69.99 like the Toy-Con 1 and 3, or if it will be increased. So, Alright, so uh, here's the main point I was trying to bring up. The kit will offer uh, rotational 3D OF without positional 60 OF, so... Position in the VR set is important because it registers where you are in a 3D space. That's why it requires those sensors. I'm staring at one that's gathering dust on top of my computer right now. (laughs) It requires two of them pretty much on one side and the other to kind of create like a... It's kind of like a low-key sonogram of like a physical space. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this means that it's just you looking at something and you are static there. Okay. Um, and this means that um, each eye, because it's a, the Switch is 720p, each eye is 640 by 720 Now, do you want to know what the Oculus Rift Go's uh, specifications are? Sure, because I don't remember them. Yeah, I, I of course. Like, who has that information off hand? Like, no one. <laughs> no one would possibly have. Okay, uh, it's loaded. Uh, <laughs> so the Oculus Go has twenty five sixty by fourteen forty. Wow, it's okay. a refresh rate of sixty to seventy two hertz. A field of view is a hundred degrees. It's got a 64 millimeter IPD for width. And more importantly, it's a, roughly a pound on your head. <laughs> now, the cardboard is going to be less. But you know how many... We're, okay, so 640 by 720. That's what you're getting on the Nintendo Switch. Do you know how many pixels that is? Mm-mm. No, I do not. That is 460,800. Okay. Now, let's make sure I was accurately projecting the amount of pixels. 640 by 720 is what I said, because that's half of 1280 by 720. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) So 460,800. That's the amount of pixels seen on the Nintendo Switch VR Labo. The Oculus Go by... In comparison, is three million six hundred eighty-six thousand four hundred four hundred pixels. Nintendo so selling that premium quality. Of, uh, you're talking about between the eighth and the ninth of visual fidelity in VR. But we're not talking an eighth and ninth. This is not VR. <laughs> this is this is the equivalent of throwing a 3D a picture on top of a console. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it doesn't seem like it's going to actually be virtual reality as much as it's like, um, as much as it's like 
when you were a kid and you literally like built a cardboard house or a a fort or something like that and you just imagined you were doing something that's what this is like it's not it's yeah. it's definitely not going to be uh that huge but i don't know we'll see uh congrats on nintendo to... for finding a loss leader they can throw on their taxes hey man you know i'm i did my taxes this year i'm looking at the outset for next year i'm gonna i need to find a loss leader i gotta find a loss <laughs> some losses yeah to I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to e3 this year i can't um I can't put my uh, room in uh, flight on there. I'm I'm kind of concerned. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm actually thinking about if I want to go to E3. Like obviously with Sony not being there, I'm wondering if I want to go. But then EA is also not going to really be there. They're gonna have their EA Play 2019. But I don't actually like playing EA's games. I just like going to the like watching the press conferences. It's literally it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been to EA Play's conferences. They pretty much, I mean, we're leading to a story, but uh, we'll set it up. It's pretty much in, like, uh, the, you know, iconic L.A. Hollywood Palladium. And they put you on these, like, wedding white chairs. Mm-hmm. They're, it's like it's like you're at, at a lawn, but you're indoors. Right. <clears throat> it's Excuse so me. weird. I've never seen like wedding chairs for a press conference before it's usually like stadium seating hmm. or standing in a weird ass church <laughs> <laughs> then walking over to bleachers you you won't be able to do that this year though daniel won't you miss it won't you miss no it? why won't i be able to do that this year well, you know, Sony's not going to be at uh, at there, so you won't be in the church. But also, there That's will true. be no EA press conference. So you will also not be able to be sitting in the wedding assortment of chairs that you were going to be sitting in again. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so what do you think of uh, EA uh, not being at the press conference, or not doing a press conference this year? So, like, functionally, press conferences don't need to happen. You don't need an audience of people cheering, especially when you hire either not hire. Let me be carefully worded about this. When you put people that work for you in the audience to cheer at times or bus in people who have high enough gamer score to sit in your front row with their and give them shirts with their gamer tag on it. I mean Sony. Yeah, Sony with their gamer tags. Anyway, <laughs> Just distance yourself the point, away. Distance enough. The point, the point in the in this the current year is that you have some showcase of news stories. Mm-hmm. EA is still showing their games. They last year at EA Play they pretty much had they had to shove uh, the he, studio head of Respawn Vince Ampella to be like <laughs> say something, goddammit. We can't crowd. just show. We can't just show 14 minutes of Anthem, 20 minutes of um, the the solo A Star Wars Story expansion for Star Wars <laughs> Battlefront 2. Right. A game that bankrupted the, the video game industry of loot boxes. I know, right? It's crazy. Like, it's literally... 
like outside of the the the, the free to play and battle royale games, like it, I haven't seen a huge amount of them. Anyway, continue. Yeah, um, like the point is just you can you can hire an influencer to bumble their words without an audience making them nervous. Right. We saw it last year with the uh, memorable Square Enix press conference where they showed the same trailer (laughs) that they showed at the Xbox conference for Kingdom Hearts 3, a game (laughs) that was almost fully released and playable at demos if you just stood there and played the entirety of the game, a.k.a. The Quiet Man. They also showed nothing of whatever Platinum Games pro- uh, property they're working on, mm. and talked about was it was Damon X Machina Square Enix? No, that was at Nintendo's. That was one of the two Nintendo games that they showed, other than <laughs> other than Smash Bros. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could just do a stream. Is my point? Yeah, I. I think to me, this kind of boils down to that there are less games that are coming out from publishers each year and more updates to existing ones. Um, Because, like, EA's lineup of non-sports games has been, one, canceled a lot. (laughs) We're not Um, talking Twitter canceled. Yeah, not Twitter canceled, but literally canceled. Um, And that they... uh, you know, Amy Hennig's out there like, hey, you can't make single-player games like Uncharted anymore. And, you know, they advocate, you know, that everything has to have a long tail of how much money it's going to make. Um, yep. Uh, looking forward to Sekiro Shadow Dies twice coming out next week. <laughs> right. Which is, again, Activision is weird now because now they are making those types of games. And they didn't for a really long time. Um like Activision mostly published Call of Duty, the the uh, Skylander series, and all those things for years, and now that Skylanders is dead and Call of Duty is uh, quote unquote disappointing, uh, <laughs> they're like oh man, <laughs> right? Uh, Five hundred million dollars in a day is disappointing. Let's uh, let's share all these records we're breaking every every single every single time, every time, every time. It's disappointing, uh, <laughs> and and I think that it just boils down to like there may not be enough for a press conference every year, um, like especially with how many press conferences there are already throughout the year. Um, and this was something we talked about with Sony's decision to leave at the end of last year, where I was like, oh, yeah, I think I can see a way that they could actually get around that. I think by now, since it's March, I am completely wrong. I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> and I'm not sure that there's a full plan yet in terms of what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Days Gone comes out next month, so there's something that they're doing. Yep, Devil May Cry uh, 5 just released. 9 out of 10 on AppTrigger.com. You can read our review, but, you know, single-player games. <laughs> um, But I, I don't know where... Like, it makes sense Microsoft wants to have a huge conference, right? Like, they just bought 14 stu- studio teams essentially, to try to put together a big enough portfolio 
of uh, uh of of games to start throwing on Game Pass on regular intervals. Um, I think in their last quarter uh thing, they said that they wanted to have one large game per quarter. Um, so um it makes sense like they're going to purchase a ton of them they need to have announcements and e3 is a big announcement time for the third quarter of the year and the fourth quarter of the year um but i don't know if it makes sense for ea who only releases things like at the end of summer with madden which is basically just has to be streamed what the date is and what they're releasing they got battlefield and star wars games and then they have um fifa and uh and then there's live uh, <laughs> and need for speed uh, and these other games that have just been kind of sitting on their books. But the other part is, oh like, yeah, isn't there supposed to be a need for speed game coming? Supposed to be. I don't know if it's this year though. Um, but when, yeah, they, when a, yeah, they also hired the person who used to run all of their conferences or, or, fi- or I should say they haven't hired a replacement for that person yet. So it a hundred percent makes sense. Like, Hey, even if they did replace uh what's his name? It's not Andrew Wilson. It's um Patrick um what is his name? Patrick Wilson. <laughs> no. <laughs> it starts with an S. Um he started Embark Studios and he left them. Um but he was their most front facing executive face. They don't have really anyone else. Front facing executive face. <laughs> yes. Patrick it's- Soderland. Yes, there you go. Patrick Sutherland. Sutherland. Um, so he <laughs> so was... Patrick Sutherland, <laughs> Donald Sutherland, Donald, Donald Sutherland's son. Um, yeah. He too is in the Hunger Games, uh, <laughs> but you know he left, and they don't. <laughs> is this is is this circling Patrick Wilson, or right? <laughs> um, Jeez. So we. Uh, so for me, it was mostly like uh, they haven't hired anyone. They probably don't have very much to actually talk about because what is coming out besides their Star Wars Jedi game. Um, So let's make it a thing where it's a showcase that's literally just showing the games off. You don't really need a press conference. Um, I mean, Sony really had a skewed a press conference, per se, um, because they didn't have people talking. Like, you know, a press conference is usually like multiple people getting up and presenting things and they had mostly just resorted to just trailers i think the only people really holding traditional press conferences in terms of like a spokesperson speaks is um microsoft and uh uh, ubisoft and of those ubisoft is the one that's been uh been killing it the last two years because they have nintendo coming on stage they got they they got all of their live service games now presented like in a regular rotating basis. Um, we just go. You can end. pencil in Just Dance at the start. <laughs> you can. You're gonna have Just Dance, and it finally left the Wii. Uh, <laughs> Has it? I thought it did this year. I thought this year was the last one. Let's see. I'm uh, gonna make sure. Real time. We. Just Dance 2019 on Nintendo Switch, Wii, Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, and, and Xbox 360. It's still on the Wii. Okay, never mind. I thought. Yeah, I don't thought... slander them. <laughs> it's it's still one of its highest performing things. I the, literally was talking to someone. The, the PS Vita is dead, but the Nintendo Wii lives on. <laughs> will the Will Just Dance 
2025 be the last game released for Nintendo Wii? Will it be the thing that made it almost last 20 years? Well, the last game for the PS2 was like what FIFA. Oh, I like don't know. I want to say very recently. I feel like um, it definitely was recent. It was Pro Evolution ah, Konami. Soccer 2014. Or yeah. FIFA 14, depending on who you ask. And that was in 2014. Jesus. Um. <laughs> Let's go to the Wikipedia article. That has Pro Evolution. Okay, so it was FIFA 14, and then in EU only. Oh, it was still only in EU. Okay, so the last North American soccer, or the last North American PS2 game was FIFA Soccer 13, back when it was called FIFA Soccer 13, and not FIFA. And then in Europe, it was FIFA 14, and then weeks later, Pro Evolution Soccer 2014. 2014! The PS2 was launched in, what, 2001? No, it was launched in the year 2000. Uh, yeah, because it was 2000 in Japan, 2001 in the U.S., I believe. Or was it 13 years. And the, the long tail on systems, I guess, getting longer. We still get, uh, I think there's still PlayStation 3 games coming out. So, 13, 20, 2006 is when the Wii launched. So, <laughs> if we don't see a Wii game... <laughs> then PS2's reign lives on. Oh man, it would it would be it would be something, right? It would be something. Only um, I can take us off on wild tangents like this. <laughs> oh man, either way, um EA Play is going to be uh a stream, uh multiple live streams of gameplay and developer talk. So that'll be cool. Um and then you can get uh, tickets to go. So there you go. Yeah, it's free. I do like that fact that it's like, okay, we're out of the ESA, but whatever. You can come now. <laughs> right. They were right. the first to be like, you can come now. <laughs> o- only we were after thinking about how much money we can make on lunch- loot boxes. Right. I think it's I think it's weird in general. Um I guess for me it's kind of like like we talked before. I don't necessarily see a need to make june the month that you announce all these things like early june um especially with like the short turnarounds that a lot of other games have seen success with um Mm -hmm. especially when you're a company like ea and the vast majority of your titles are annual basis and really all people are looking for is like when that update's gonna come like nba 2k sends out a trailer it's kind of like around like maybe sometime in May each year or June, like after the playoffs mm-hmm. or like during the NBA playoffs. Sometimes they release. Like oh, the first they go into June. Out. Yeah, like they 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 wait till way late. They don't present well, it at EA or at E three, and the game is now the best selling game in the sports genre. So I don't know if they or I stay in the U.S. Uh, I don't know. If I was going to say, like, you can't really, like, you can't advertise the new game while the current game is still active because the playoffs are still going. We still had many instances where people are going to be confused about, are is LA going to have to move their home games in the 
in the Kings uh, like Stanley Cup playoffs mm-hmm. because of uh, it being at the convention center or at Staples Center, which right. is like meters away from the LA Convention Center, <laughs> aka turning LA into a nightmare on top of a nightmare. <laughs> right. A nightmare on top of a sprawling nightmare that is L.A. Um, well, the thing is, uh, going back to your point, I don't know if it has to be in June. When else are they going to do it? Everyone is going to be on summer vacation during July and August. Mm-hmm. The kids are going to be off learning about themselves or whatever bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, developing early leadership skills or whatever crap. Uh or as I learned there- from one of my coworkers, hanging out at a Seven <laughs> Eleven. Oh, is that the thing now? No, 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 no. This is this is this is an old story. Old story. Okay. Uh, Anyways, um. Wait, wait, wait. Like one second. I do have a question for you. Do you guys have Seven Eleven in Canada? Of course. I but, lived but, right near one at but, the corner of Jane and Wesson, as brought up in the song <laughs> Western Road Flows, sung by Drake. One more question. Are they gas stations in Canada, or are they just stores? That, I think they're mostly stores. That I'm sure. So weird. Go, our version of store that's somewhat linked to selling gas for some reason, some grocery stores, mm-hmm. Loblaws owned by the Weston family, a.k.a. the conservatives that are ruining our province, <laughs> are... Um, there, there's a long story. I can't really get into it without dropping too many right. identifying information. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, they have, you know, they have grocery store chain mm-hmm. that sometimes has a gas station like a lot over. Right. Sometimes, uh, for some reason, uh, Canadian Tire, which is like the home hardware of Canada. They also mm. have service stations, or which are sometimes gas stations. Mm. But we also have, you know, Shell. We we're starting to get a lot more American brands of stuff. Like we now have Circle K for some reason. I was like, why? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> no one likes Circle K ever. Um, no, but I, I'll get their slushy if I'm around. Well, that's what I was saying is like 7-Eleven in Wisconsin where I was growing up was always a gas station and it just happened to have, you know, always? a convenience store. Always a gas station. Never. And rarely. Rarely in Canada. Literally, it's like rarely a thing there. She was in Michigan. Someone else is in Illinois. Like apparently I was just in an area where that was the thing. Like it was just going to be a gas station. Anyway, this the is The thing is, I don't, live t- in, I don't live in a flyover state. <laughs> I don't. I didn't either, sir. Wisconsin right. is a destination. <laughs> yes, to become a, a an in in name only owner of a football team, <laughs> the biggest One. scam in the market. And I'm a P- Packers fan. Hey, man, it's not the biggest scam. The biggest scam is when you buy in the stadium. That's which they did. Uh- what? <laughs> When you uh when they when they sell you on oh you have to pay for the construction of the stadium so we can keep oh the team fuck here off yeah that fuck that's the biggest right game. off that's the biggest game in sports anyways uh, one point I want to bring up about EA Play is that even though people are saying all these conferences are going away Sony's not having a conference um like now but the thing is the 
maybe EA is going to show some new stuff event is now on Friday night. Right. The first year I went to E3, I flew in on Friday night so I could go to EA Play a new thing on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday, 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 Saturday. Get down Saturday night. Get down I was doing um, Saturday night's all right for fighting reference, but all right. <laughs> I was doing a uh, one of the best songs on Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Uh, it's called Get Down Saturday Night. It's great. Uh, that's not... Um, uh, oh, I was going to say the song by heart, but I can't remember which it is. <laughs> is it I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight? Is that what you're looking for? Which one, That's which one you no. <laughs> no, I was doing Heart of Glass. Ah, I don't know that one. I don't think. The Heart of Glass. Anyway. You're going to continue. <laughs> I don't want to get DMCA'd for being so accurate. Uh... <laughs> The point is now. Now we have news happening on Friday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. This is a full week now. It used mm-hmm. to be you have your conferences on day zero. You have four conferences on Monday. You have one Nintendo thing on Tuesday, maybe. Before it used to be a conference conference. And I think it used to actually be on Monday. But now it's a Tuesday Nintendo Direct while and you watch it while you stay in stand in line to enter E3 and play games for three days and then write some stuff up, pretend to sleep, don't sleep. <laughs> Network so you can get a future career and then die on the plane home of tiredness. <laughs> At least it's a Making sure you pack at least a full pallet or two of Cliff Bars so you can eat on eat when you have no time. Yep. Yep. But now it's fucking seven days. Yeah. This is too much. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's like they everyone wants to be special. And at a certain point you have to continue extending all these things out in so many different days. Like, I don't think Square Enix is going to be there this year. Like, after last year's debacle, I think they'll just leave it to being on the Xbox stage. Um, Ubisoft will have their press conference. Um, who else? Bethesda will have... <laughs> what Bethesda that, game? That is going to be interesting, because Rage 2 comes out before E3. So what will they be talking about? is a pretty good question. Um, I don't remember what other games they had shown off last year that weren't the Elder Scrolls Six or um, or the what what what's the other one the the space one called? Sorry, Prey. No, 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 no. The new space game they're working on that they revealed last year. Oh, Starfield. Yeah, Starfield. I knew it was Star something. I was going to say Star Citizen, but I knew Star. It that. Yeah, yeah. That's never <laughs> happening. Uh, <laughs> So yeah. let's talk let's talk about Zenimax subsidiaries. We have Bethesda Softworks, which right. is the publisher. We have Zenimax Online Studios, which is pretty much just ESO. Right. We have id Software. We have Arcane Studios. We have Tango Gameworks. And we have Machine Games. 
So, those last two are more uh, important because Evil Within came 2014, Evil Within 2 came 2017. Evil Within 2 is a great game and you're doing a disservice to single player games by not playing it. And I'm not just saying that as someone who has a quote in the accolades trailer. Well, I do know. So they do have other stuff. So the Doom Eternal game is coming the end of this year. Um, yep. Um, Wolfenstein this... Youngblood is also coming out this year. Yep. Yep. So they got that coming out later. Rage 2 comes out in May, I think. Um, <clears throat> and then I'm trying to think of what else they could have. Because everything else is from Bethesda, the actual game studio. And uh, I'm pretty sure Tango Gameworks should be working on something, and they should be two years deep at least. Yeah. And it could be a 2020 game. True, true. They could just introduce 2020 games instead of games coming out this year. Yeah, because they could and do like Rage it, this year. It could be the Evil Within 3. I mean, there was a trequel hook. <laughs> yeah so bethesda has an event who else who else am i missing so there's microsoft ubisoft you're bethesda. not missing anyone yeah those three mike microsoft ubisoft bethesda nintendo yeah i guess nintendo have a preference but it'll just be a direct ea uh, ea streams ea streams nintendo streams. that's it and then those three yeah, THQ is not going to have a presence except for probably at <laughs> Microsoft. Activision is going to be at Microsoft. Um, yeah, I think... I think oh, Devolver Digital, of course. <laughs> They've confirmed this. They're also having their late night 11 p. I wonder if they'll move it up. Like, because there's only three shows now. Like, I wonder if everyone will just be like, you know, we're just going to do two a day. <laughs> and then we'll do uh, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So it's not going to be like this late night thing uh, anymore. But I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, last time they threw a rock concert at Bethesda, so who knows? Um, that would require them to be pretty late at night. Uh, so yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a weird E3 this year, is needless to say. Um so few people actually talking about games, but a lot more like interviews with developers about games, which is what I like more anyway. So I'm not really sure that it's a, a lose on this situation. At yep. all. <laughs> Everyone loves the PC gaming show. Oh, completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. It's always two plus hours. Uh, yep. So and it's a bunch of talking to developers and showing off their game. So I personally like the format i just don't think the games are interesting that they show all the time to me at least i know for other people they are so it's in it's okay when nintendo does a situation (laughs) pretty much i'm cool with it because or is it okay when (laughs) pc gaming doesn't do it situation oh man he says playing from his 1080 gtx i7 8700k computer destroyed to this i just did my taxes so i think i'm gonna actually get a a 590 do some good uh some good 1080p gaming in in, on this computer but also have a uh the graphics chip on this thing um on the integrated card it's just not not panning out the way i want oh the way you Uh, said integrated card 
Oh, because it's an APU. Um, it's a fifteen hundred, I think. Or is it a phone? Um, well, no, because it's the uh, it's. I think they called it an APU. I can't remember what it's called now. It's like the twenty five hundred um, AMD uh, U. I think it is twenty five hundred U or twenty. Yeah, AMD does weird shit. I forgot about that. Conventions, but they have no, no. no, um, It's it's like based on technology. Like it's not just naming. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. Like I don't have the exact name of it. Um, but it is not like the not like a mobile processor, but it is a um an integrated chip. So it has both the CPU and the GPU on it. Yeah, I remember that. You know. I think that was the announcement at PS uh, PC gaming show, <laughs> right? Uh, anyway, speaking of things that were uh, announced but may never be happening, um, <laughs> it is uh, time to talk about Death Stranding. So I am very much into the idea that just keep throwing trailers at us, Kojima. All I want are trailers for the next ten years to be the game. And then he can just say, well, you've seen everything. And I would be fine with it. And I would be like, this was good. This was worth it. We were the death that was stranded. (laughs) I mean, we got to remember that the studio formed in 2015. It formed in 2015. It had an engine as of 2016. And it had its first trailer in the same year. So (laughs) Yeah, so like... It's been two, and and that's like to show. Look, we're building something that's not a game. Like we're still well, well, well within the realm of it being a video game. This is not Kingdom Hearts territory. Kingdom Hearts is three is even worse because they're like they made it look like it was in a game in development. Like they had the UI in the bottom left and mimicking gameplay. We've only yeah. seen gameplay of Death Stranding last year. Yeah, last year. Um, we only yeah. learned about Nolan North as the Nolan North villain, <laughs> like, later last year, too. Like, we're still well within... It's just we've seen way too much too early so that people are getting restless. Yeah, I, I'm not getting restless at all, by the way. I'm perfectly fine uh, with watching. It's also never coming out. (laughs) It's. I'm just happy that it will never be coming out. It's. It's right up there with um, the Final Fantasy VII remake um, for me in the the Sony titles that were announced. Like, like we have Shinmu Three about to come out now from 2016. Um, So that's cool. You know. No. Well, Shinmu Three is not from 2016. It was revealed in the. It was. Revealed in 2016 or 2015? One of the two. Um, uh, it was... Which one was your... Was what was 2015. Which was, okay, that was the one that they called the Year of Dreams because it was the Last Guardian, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Shinmu 3. Got Last Guardian, Shinmu 3 is on the way. Final Fantasy VII Remake is never happening. <laughs> As yeah. is Death Stranding. It's the three different states of dreams. The one you, see, <laughs> you wish to happen, the one you mm-hmm. see around the corner and the mm. one that's a fool's dream right there's uh it is the 358 divided by two uh not three for a reason uh- <laughs> oh no <laughs> um what i'm saying is this final fantasy 7 remake is the birth by sleep uh <laughs> final <laughs> death stranding i sleep 
Um, so Death Stranding is never coming out, and I look forward to uh, to Kojima still talking about this game in two more years um, as a PS5 title. Um, it's def- I it, I'm going to say it's a, tw- a PS5 title. That does not mean it's not a PS4 title as well. It is a PS5 title. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely is. Like I feel like the de- the delay that came up was, hey, we could get this out probably by early 2020, and then Sony was like, what if we dropped it at the start of the PS5? And they were like, hmm, that's a great idea. Yeah, things are not really shaping up the way that we wanted. <laughs> we yeah. got to expand a little bit. Um, though I feel like that's happening with a lot of their games and maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe all of them will be dedicated PS4 titles, but I feel like, uh, we don't have dates for some of these things for a reason, um, which is that they don't know when they're coming out yet. They have a plan, but I feel like Tsushima is coming out this year. Is it? That wasn't announced by them. Was it? Did I miss that? Yeah, well, it's... Have they not mentioned it for 2019? I did not think so. Well, I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing a totally reputable uh, link from <laughs> comicbook.com. So let me go to Games Radar instead. <laughs> and read upon a story from former Aptrigger writer Alex Avard. Yeah. And f- former few-time Screen Looker podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Provider. Former contributor. Uh, Alex Avant. So there uh, was a store listing on Spielblüchen. Spielblüchen. You know what's really funny? Spielblüchen. Is uh, yeah. Alex Avard writes about it for Games Radar. Um, for US Gamer, Hiran Cryer, also <laughs> a former <laughs> contributor, is now writing at US Gamer for this. Uh, that's funny. Anyway. I'm uh, glad he's off guide duty, aka <laughs> the content mines. Yeah, yeah. But so pretty much before August 31st. It's what they're expecting? That's weird. Yeah. I, I wouldn't expect it to be that close. Oh, that's a Swedish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a Swedish sucks. retailer, not German. I just said Spielbetaken. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, this year probably. Um, I think The Last of Us will be 2020 and also like... The Last of Us original will be one of the swan songs of the PS4. True. And we also have Days Gone, which is apparently a game. Hey, man. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but um, people get mad when you say Days Gone hasn't looked good. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, yo, why, why are we acting like it's looked like a good game prior to like this year? Uh, because there's a story and there's a libertarian bent to it i'm thinking from based on what i've seen like literally i was just talking i was on resetera and i was like yeah it um it hasn't looked good prior to this point so it makes sense that the reviews or previews are like more positive now um because people are like anticipating bad reviews and i'm like where is this coming from like the game hasn't looked good. Of course it was you were anticipating bad reviews. It didn't look good and it looked generic and it looked pretty much by the numbers. Like, yeah, you can hear the groans. <laughs> like the first introduction was in 2016 and it was 
a gruff over uh, a gruff voice over sad music talking about what he remembers of the code and his his girlfriend and all these things that you're like okay i mean it also how many it times? also shows <laughs> yeah it also showed zombies swarming like world war z no, not in the announcement trailer. They showed the gameplay trailer after that, but the original... So that original was quickly trailer, after. Yeah, it was like this opened and then the other and finished the show was like the showcase. Yeah. But it was like they showed that and I was like, uh, okay, it looks like this is about to be another rote zombie expedition uh, with people yep. who are sad. And... <laughs> The sadness is important. <laughs> the sadness is important. Like, nobody can be upbeat in the zombie apocalypse. Everyone has to be sad the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. But then, like, I was like, the previews are looking good now. And I watched footage of the game recently, and I was like, yeah, that looks much better. Like, it actually looks like it has a full coat of paint on it. The base primer behind it is still the same generic nonsense. But, I mean, at least it has a, at least it has good graphics now. The game isn't stuttering a whole ton. People are playing it and enjoying it. Makes sense. People were like, what do you mean? They got 10 million views on this video. They got 30 million likes. You're just part of an echo chamber. And I'm like... <sighs> yeah, it's coming from a thread on a video game forum where they're <laughs> participating in a conversation about other people's impressions. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm literally telling you what I thought and what the previews thought. They didn't like the game. The preview with Game Informer last year didn't go well. Like, they couldn't even answer basic questions about the game at the time. Like, it wasn't good. It didn't look good. And it looked bad. And it was a reason why it didn't show up at E3. Because it didn't look good. <laughs> so I mean, do we have to talk about, like, Resetero's Game of the Year. Number one, God of War. Number two, Marvel Spider-Man. Hey. Number two... Number three, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number four, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Where else does that top four exist but in a place where it's pro-Sony and pro-Nintendo? I mean, it just kind of happened that people... Astrobot Rescue Mission was number eight. And Detroit Become Human... Detroit Become Human was number ten. Wait. People like Astrobot. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna, people do like Astrobot. I'm not, yes, I know, but people love Astrobot. Um, it's only because I feel like if that guy hadn't tweeted, This is VR's Super Mario 64 moment, it may not have gotten as hyped, but then people got hyped and then they liked it, and now it's like a self evident thing that Astrobot is great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway, all this is to say uh, it was random. Uh, Coming up where I was like, people are just weirdly defensive about a game that looks pretty normal and pretty it, bland. I'm just telling you, it's just console f- forum warring at this point. Yeah, I if mean, it's the same thing if when you're, I watch people you're talking in a thread, about Crackdown. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that game does not look good. And no matter how many times you tell me it's fun, you can't tell me that you had a good time playing it the way that you did. Like, literally, there are people yeah. who are pointing out all of the issues that they had, and you're just like, it doesn't matter, man. It's fun. And it's just like, all right, I don't understand. 
I literally told a guy yesterday, I was like, you guys, somebody calls this a Game Pass game. I don't think that's really what you want out of a service you pay for every month. I know that's not what no, I want. It's, no, it's a great thing <laughs> for an executive to say, but uh, <laughs> we have a service for you. It's better than to say, we have a service for you if you're interested in playing middling games at a lower price. It's called the Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> it's better than saying the Xbox 360. Right. What uh, I love about that quote from Don Matrick before moving on is that Jeff Keighley, someone who everyone always accuses of being a corporate stooge, was immediately this, uh, saying, oh, so your answer is to tell them to buy the old cancel, uh, console? Is that what you're saying? He was immediately on the dot on that. Right. Yeah. And then he was yeah. like, uh, uh, bye, I'm going to Zynga. <laughs> Speaking of quick apologies, uh, THQ Nordic decided that they are going to make a better apology than a Twitter (laughs) apology. Um, The head of THQ Nordic AB, the Swedish parent company of Vienna-based THQ Nordic GmbH, has apologized for the event that they hosted on 8chan. 358 over 2. Co-founder and chief executive Lars Wingforce uh, of THQ Nordic AB published an official statement regarding their AMA, 8chan AMA today, according to Polygon writer uh, Michael McWhorter. Uh, in said statement, THQ has put together these words. This letter is to office my sincerest apologies and regret for THQ Nordic GmbHV and his interaction with the controversial website 8chan last Tuesday, February 26th. I condemn all unethical content this website stands for. Even if no one within the THQ Nordic group would ever endorse such content, I realize simply appearing there gave an implicit impression that we did. As co-founder and group CEO of THQ Nordic AB, I full take full responsibility for all of THQ Nordic GmbH's actions and communications. I've spent the past several days conducting an internal investigation into this matter. I assure you that every member of the organization has learned from this past week's events. I take this matter very seriously, and we will take appropriate action to make sure we have the right policies and systems in place to avoid similar mistakes in the future. As a Swedish-based, fast-growing group, we firmly support equality and diversity. We are also working actively to combat discrimination, harassment, and misconduct. We are already in the processing of developed new work processes based on United Nations SDGs or Sustainable Development Goals and using the GRI, Global Reporting Initiative, standards. We will accelerate this work going forward. Lars Wingfors, co-founder and group CEO, THQ Nordic AB. So, um, by the way, the related article to this from Polygon is THQ Nordic delivered a masterclass in blowing up your brand. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, so this is the formal apology, right? This is more than the um. This is more than the Twitter timeline thing that they tried to do, which tried to kind of just dismiss it, right? Um, This now takes more ownership of it, and it's happening from outside of that particular particular company uh, as a part of their total brand, THQ Nordic AB. And I guess for me, it's like I, I hear everything he's saying, and I, I don't know how he actively can follow up on the action itself without acknowledging the actions of his people inside of the actual chat. 
Um, like, I know that they're saying they're conducting an internal investigation, but, like, the things that were actually happening in the actual conversation were far more problematic than just the appearance themselves. Because the appearance could have been for five seconds, realized it was a mistake, and then said, you know what, we're not going to do this. And you still would have needed this particular letter. But I don't know (laughs) if just saying they have an internal investigation, they condemn things, and they're going to work on particular standards is really addressing what ended up being the larger issue, like outside of just appearing there, but then also joking about appearing there and joking with the people there about the things they were seeing seems, I don't know. I mean, what's, what's your, what's your take on it, Daniel? What do you, what do you think? Well, it's hot bullshit. That's for starters. Um, like I understand, like this guy seems like he's, I, I have no idea what his standing is within THQ other, other than his name and role. Like, I'm not sure how involved he is in other, in stuff other than buying up strategic old IP and then revitalizing. But I don't understand what part of, hey, maybe you shouldn't keep the guy who decided to like, how do you not fire someone in this situation? How is that not a me- Like, I know there's different corporate values between different countries, but I don't know what part of, hey, that guy that with a Byzantine knight that says cease all F slur for a homophobic slur and say that's a character, that could be a character in our upcoming game. I don't know how you see that and say, oh... I don't, you know, we're taking this matter seriously, and I realize simply appearing there gave an implicit impression that we did. That is not a simple... This is not simply appearing there. This is leading into homophobia and saying, oh, look at us, we're as cool as you guys on 8chan that is blacklisted on Google for child abuse content. You fucking idiots. Uh, Like... The, obviously, the CEO has to do, like, the, depending on laws, there are certain restrictions on what you can do and what steps you have to take. Like, I'm sure there's, you know, with the, you know, United Nations SDG and GRI, like, there's more, pro, there's more of a process you have to undergo in Sweden mm-hmm. or it, across Europe, sorry, uh, to be more specific. But like in the even in this letter, we're saying backlash was swift and widespread, prompting THQ Nordic PR and marketing manager Philip Brock to apologize. There's still no mention of Reinhold Polis, who was completely implicit and going along with the entire situation. I don't understand. And the idea that internal investigation into this matter and not a third-party investigation shows that you're just trying to cover your own asses. Last last podcast, I said that we wouldn't be covering... Uh, we wouldn't be providing any reviews or, like, previews or any kind of promotional content of THQ Nordic unless one of those two were fired. And I've 
do realize that's a really harsh reaction, especially because either people who have a multitude of lives beyond this, but like I did want it to come back and kind of create a more rational example, say like at least make tangible actions towards correcting this responsibility. It appears they're not doing that. They're just bunkering down and pretending that they are moving on. So by this, I don't see any reason to continue to give THQ Nordic views on the website and anything other than condemnation. I don't understand what they're doing. They're just bunkering down and moving along. And even worse, the the only site I can really see this story coming from is Polygon. Mm-hmm. No one's covering this anymore. Kotaku had one article about this. The article was from the Tuesday where the AMA happened. Many article uh, sites like Game Informer and uh, some other sites, they were saying, you know, this is how you blow up your brand. PHQ, uh, sorry, Polygon was saying, you know, THQ was the, uh, was blowing up their own brand. And I think uh, GamesIndustry.biz on their podcast with uh, Reb said that they're, they can't skate. It has to be brought up every single time, but that's it. Everyone's just complicit in letting this slide, and they don't want... They're not even covering the apology. Like, the games industry press seems to be moving on quicker than we are. Yeah. I yeah. haven't even written about it beyond the... To be fair, I will say that we have not written about THQ Nordic on the website since this AMA, and I don't know when I want to give them any credit anymore, because... This apology, I'm not going to give them the credit for the apology either. I'm not going to post the apology when they're not... What I still have an active ban and they're not doing anything on it. But, you know, give me any... T- tell me the... Why, where are the developers? I want to know what the developers think. And they should have the spotlight while THQ Nordic is just pushed to the side or... You know, developers move away from them. I, I, I'm so perplexed by just how quiet we're being on this. While you know, in 2018, there was a huge outcry and still going on with the Leaving Neverland about people abusing young children. Where this is the prime time for video game industry and the press at large to condemn this sort of behavior. But it's going, it's just gone the wayside. I don't understand it. Even more, there's been, and I don't know if you've listened to a ton of shows or or things talk about it, but there's this weird tendency to be like, oh, I can understand how this happened. Like, I've listened to Giant Bomb. I've listened to The Easy Allies. I've listened to IGN. I've listened to the kind of funny people like I've listened to most of the major voices around games. The fact that anyone is really trying to think, well, how could this could have happened naturally? And it's like, no, 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 no. If you run a PR firm and a mar- and you have a marketing manager 
and you're a big giant group that represents all these people. This doesn't happen organically. It cannot nope. happen organically. It has to happen in a way that is not only allowed, but also in a way that they're not even paying attention or they're actively paying attention. And if the former is the case, that's giving them a lot of credit. If the latter is the case, then it's like, holy shit. So that's where it's like you're giving them so much credit that, oh, this guy, Philip Brock, just didn't know. And no, that's that's not that's not what this is. You don't get the uh, ability to do that with a site in this particular case like this. It'd be like um, it'd be like a company being like, oh, man, we didn't realize when we did that advertisement on that porn website that that was a porn website. We didn't know. It's like it has triple X in the title, man. What do you mean you didn't know? You could search on, you could go to the site very easily and see what it's for. And in this case, you can't even go to the site, but you can go and see why you can't go to the site very easily. So I'm looking through uh, some documents on Sweden's um, employment protections, and they're decidedly more uh, pro-employee than in America and Canada. Like, and I'm glad in general like that that's the case especially with more power in the United States you know a CEO makes 450 plus times the amount of regular worker the the shift of balance has to go somewhere but like the fact that there's not an open condemnation of, from the CEO of the person's actions is crazy yeah yeah like even if no one within the THQ Nordic group would ever endorse such content. It's like, but they did. Like, that's a literal thing that happened. I know that there's probably an internal, there is an internal conversation that is happening. And we don't know the content of it. But at least the public-facing content of it should be, we do not. (laughs) And we will not ever in the future endorse any such sites that have content of this nature and the appearance to do so is more than enough for us to have learned very much in these past week's events and it's like we'll make sure we have the right policies and systems in place to avoid similar mistakes in the future no 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 specifically call out what the additional issue is like This is a site that stands for many things that we don't stand for. We then appear to give that impression. And for all employees involved and for ourselves, we must take accountability for that. And we are going to take the steps to make that happen. Having sustainable development goals using the Global Report of Initiative Standards doesn't tell us exactly what that means for their organization. And I don't know if they really necessarily need to give us everything, but at the very least, it has to be a, we do not condone these things, and it has to be a part of their mission statement in some kind of way, or at least their public-facing statement of how they are going to get press. And that's that's the part that's kind of weird to me. It's like, I would just make it pretty easy. It's like, what are our values? Like, that's something that you can easily make public and be like, here are the mission statement and values of THQ Nordic. Yeah. I, I mean, like, 
to be fair, they of all the video game stories of content from a video game company related to sexual abuse, uh, they don't have the worst response of the week. Oh, I must have missed the other one. <laughs> yeah, because uh, remember when uh, a game on uh, Valve's uh, storefront called Rape Day was going to be a thing? What a great week for sexual abuse in the video game industry. Uh, the official, like, because obviously Valve was never going to allow this game to be on the platform. Like, we could, the fact that it got to a point where it was on there is amazing. But uh, Steam responded uh, when they pulled it. They said, over the past week, you may have heard about a game called Rape Day coming soon to Steam. Today we decided not to distribute this game on Steam. Given our previous communication around who gets to be on the Steam store, we think this decision warrants further explanation. Much of our policy is about what we distribute and must be reactionary. We simply have to wait and see what comes to us via Steam Direct. So there's still, uh, to unquote, there's still, you know, we're letting it come here, but we have to see what gets put there first before we can react. Go back, Going back to the quote, we then have to make a judgment call about any risk it puts to Valve, our developer partners, or our customers. After significant fact-finding and discussion, we think Rape Day poses unknown costs and risks and therefore won't be on Steam. We respect developers' desire to express themselves... And the purpose of Steam is to help developers find an audience, but this developer's chosen content matter and a way of representing it that makes it very difficult for us to do that. So, no, of course not an apology of we shouldn't let it get to this stage, but we think Rape Day it poses unknown costs and risks vis-a-vis our developer partners or our customers, or Valve, and therefore should not be on Steam. What kind of cockadoodle bullshit is that? How dare you? How fucking dare you? Do you say a game like Rape Day, where the accomplishment of the game is to rape people with sexual abusive acts in vi- in sexual harassment, visually represented and interactive through the player? Do you think that? because of the costs and risks to our name and to the bottom line that it's not okay. What fucking horseshit are you po- do you think you can get away with if you say that because people are giving a shit about what we're putting out there that maybe we shouldn't do it. Like in if you go to Pornhub, if you go to Pornhub, a site for showing porn, it ha- it will not allow you to even search the term rape. If you go to YouPorn, they do not allow any sexual abusive content or anything representing rape. Anything presenting the fantasy of someone taking advantage of an unconsenting person having sex explicitly. They will not host it on their platform. What the fuck do you think you're doing by even entertaining the idea? It's all about having an open platform. Um, we want to make the safest place for developers to make the games that they want to make. 
and uh anything that infringes upon that well you know uh fuck it you know what why why who are we to tell the people what they can and cannot play it it's the it's the number one thing that i just don't get about the 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 steam stuff then like and and for the people who like steam it's like it's the same thing like i understand that you like this company and what it represents and yada 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 but like one of the things that becomes the problem of being someone who tries to stay in the middle of things, or I should say stay out of things, is that eventually you're put in the middle and you have to make a decision. And I don't know what the difficulty is in making a decision that just says you can't search for rape on Steam. I don't I don't know what the decision is. I don't I don't know what the concept of the conversation is that you're having about it. You know, like if you are presented with someone who wants to put rape in the title like could you imagine that even passing through most standards to be a console release on 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 that goes into a store yeah you would be at the threatened of you even (laughs) presenting that even submitting that you might even get your credentials to submit shit revoked right like imagine the uh the uh because I can't imagine this was rated yet. So they haven't they haven't got to go through any kind of rating board or anything like that, right? Like, imagine you give it up to all those parents who uh, who do all the ESRB ratings. And you throw that on over to them. And you just say, hey, this game's called Rape Day. But it's not what you think it is. No, that doesn't fly. <laughs> that doesn't fly. And it's, it's just amazing, the things. Like, there's a current conversation happening about, like, Sony's censorship of games. Right, Sony and, censorship is very weird because it's very sudden, very recently. Right, and it's, but to me, it's also like, it's also inconsistent, and it doesn't happen. Yes, very like it doesn't retroactively happen to games, but it is very inconsistent. Like you can play The Witcher Three, which definitely has a lot of ass, a lot of ass just showing in that game, and then. Forty pounds of ass, <laughs> just hundred pounds of ass on display in that game. You got Griffin ass, woman ass, human ass, idiot ass. Uh, <laughs> but then you they're have... equal ass opportunists. <laughs> but then you have Devil May Cry Five comes out, and people are making a deal because there's like a moment where a woman's butt is out, and it's covered up by like. Uh, like a uh, reflective light or something like that. Um, and then there's like different games like um, the Dead or Alive series where the deve- the creator is like, oh, well, Sony's changed some of their policies so we may not be able to make these games, yada, 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 and bring them to the US. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but these games are already a, kind of weird anyway. <laughs> they were already on the line. Um so it's just weird to me that there's this uh, there's this big movement to like have free and open standards about uh, what can be shown, and then like let other people decide what it's going to be. But it's like there's some things that are not really a controversial conversation, and allowing a game that is called Rape Day or Sexually Assault Day, Sexual Harassment Day, any of these guarantees or Things that are in the title guaranteeing that they're going to be something that's going to do something with this effect is like, no, be more clever, make a better name, have higher standards for yourself. And you have higher standards as a store before you put something on your store 
that is going to so cheaply try to say, hey, we're going to be controversial. Like, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth the the anything related to it. The press isn't worth it. The effect on other people who see the language as it is and see and and may even uh, be uh, shown the trailer if it has one, right? Like, there's no reason to have any of that on your platform at any time. And I guess this is where like I take more of a stance on this than Gabe Newell, but I didn't have to then question where Gabe Newell's stances actually are on anything. If this is something that he he will allow to even appear on his store. Well, remember, it's the not many other it's, things. It's not his uh, platform because remember, Valve has a lateral uh, hierarchy at at their company. Does there's uh, no bosses overlooking each other? It's a group work. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Right? You can you can hear my eye rolling I, all the I, way over. I can the, hear. It. I was just. As I was saying that, I was looking to see um, what his current uh, role is at the company. Does Gabe oh, he, have a role? He's there's still roles, but there's still like leader leadership is not like you know Gabe Newell says something and therefore his vote is worth fifty. His vote is worth one. But hey, of man. course, when you have any lateral workplace. It's it's like social it's like full it's like full socialism let me get this clear are all of the full socialism it would be great if it was if it worked are all of the people who make decisions at Valve worth 4 billion dollars No okay he's the president of the company and he yes. makes all the decisions so that, it doesn't matter what you no, have to no, say No he doesn't make all decisions everyone <laughs> comes together and there's no way that there would be cliques forming of higher leadership and essentially Nothing. getting their will passed off onto other employees that no sir that would never happen It would never happen a valve there's no valve farm no valve farm at all um Moving on from the depressing and, state yeah. of stores that decide that they don't want to take any responsibility, um, Bloodborne is going to maybe possibly have a battle royale game in the future. Not that- Bloodborne specifically. I don't know why the headline. I guess the headline wanted Bloodborne in the title. Maybe Bloodborne is just the most popular one of those games. I can't imagine it is, but maybe it is. Anyway. Um, Hidetaka Miyazaki-san, uh, president of Dark, Co- Dark Souls creator um, from software, has told The Telegraph that the revered developer is taking a keen interest in the battle royale genre and the prevalence of long-running live service games such as Destiny and Anthem that are dominating the headlines in the industry right now. Would From Software, famed for its fearsomely challenging and in- intricately designed single-player adventures, be interested in joining the, pl- the fray? There's always the possibility, Miyazaki-san says. These games are definitely fun, and we're interested in the patterns they are taking. If we did it, that might be a diff- bit different, but we're definitely interested, and there's definitely that possibility in the future. We'd love to take a crack at them someday. One would imagine that any From Software Battle Royale would be a significantly different proposition from such shooters as Fortnite and Apex Legends, and a live service multiplayer RPG based on the Dark Souls universe or another world of From's creation would certainly be an interesting direction for the developer to take. From Tom Hoggins at The Telegraph. Um, so yeah, how would you, okay, so, so 
would you prefer to see Battle Royale or would you prefer to see a live service? Well, Battle Royales can be live services. Well, you know what I mean? Like, instead of a Battle Royale like Fortnite where everything happens within the context of this particular game mode, um, instead having a, like, more Destiny-like approach where you have um, just more built-out version of the existing, like, help versions of what they have with uh, with Dark Souls today. So you actually you mean have like Fortnite? A- you mean like Fortnite player versus everyone? Nobody talks about that. It doesn't count. <laughs> we're not gonna. <laughs> we're not even gonna act like anyone plays Fortnite they, player versus everyone. <laughs> what are you talking about? They just re- revealed that they're showing uh, what the 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 loot box the loot boxes will be for. Uh, I, they have some. Op- they had a story about. Oh, more transparency with their loot boxes in the PVE. Mm, gotcha. So therefore, news story. Therefore, it exists. Um. So yeah, I don't you... see. I don't. I. I. I want to see. Um. There's actually a game in development right now. It's called Igris. It's mm-hmm. like a victor. It's like Dark Souls armor and skills and that kind of overhanging health and stamina and system but uh in a victorian excuse me a victorian london kind of bloodborne setting mm-hmm. so it's like dark souls art design bloodborne sorry uh dark souls character design bloodborne art design mm-hmm. and it's like a one one versus 20 kind of multi-platformed victorian london Side series of like sewers and side streets and that kind of stuff, and you just fight each other with swords and magic. But uh, over time, the level of water rises, so you have to go further and further up. That, hmm. that seems interesting. I I could see the Dark Souls of Battle Royale games existing, and it makes sense. Because the, how early it's, we yeah. are in Battle Royales, it's like Respawn Entertainment just released Apex Legends a month ago. And they're like, okay, Respawns are now a thing now. And everyone's like, yes. Hmm. I like, guess we have a lot of room to grow. I think for me, it's mostly, isn't this... For Honor? No. Already? I don't know what For Honor actually is. I thought For Honor was a, for... <laughs> was a Battle Royale type game. With, with no, no, with absolutely not. <laughs> Instead for of Honor guns, is... you got swords and uh, ancient well, for... warriors. Well, no, For Honor is pretty much the in, in fantasy setting version of that Spike uh, show where they compared warriors of different eras. Do you remember that show? Um. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Yeah, I know. What Deadliest you're Warrior about. or something. Deadliest Warrior. Yes, that's it. Yeah, it's pretty much that. So there's you know one v one, pretty much straight up dual modes. There's also kind of objective based. You know, take the castle and you only have a certain amount of lives modes, 
where you're on attack and defense. There's also, you know, team deathmatch style, get as many kills. There's, you know, domination, you know, capture the area and plant your flag and get points. It's like, it's like, uh, it's actually just like a multiplayer shooter, but with swords. That's what For Honor is. <laughs> Didn't realize that. Well, never mind. Yeah. I, I take back my <laughs> comment. So now we can have uh I would actually I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I wouldn't play it. <laughs> well that's <laughs> the thing. Dark like Souls. I don't Yeah. I don't play most multiplayer online shooters. I'll play Battle Royale because there's something I'll play the shit out of Tetris ninety nine, which shows that there's an evolution of Battle Royale as a gameplay metric. And you can change the level of... You can just change the levels. Tetris 99, so, you are actively playing all the time. So Most Battle Royales, you're looting or walking time, a lot somewhere. Yeah, moving around a lot. I guess I'm thinking about... Um, what about Absolver? Wasn't Absolver similar to that concept in a way? Where you had... Well, um, no, Absolver was more Dark Souls. It was more Dark Souls like in the fact that players can drop into your play uh, into your place and engage in hand in hand combat. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like you were walking through and you'd run into them. Well, there was like dedicated dual zones as well, but it's mostly oh, like right. a single player campaign with Okay. You you pretty much you just punch fight everyone and then sometimes there are players. I feel bad because really I'm just saying, what about this game that had a player with the sword running around? <laughs> There's no sword in Absolver. What are you talking about? Wait, isn't that on the cover for Absolver? Um, yeah, it's like right on the cover of Absolver that there's like no, a but with that's a sword. like it's still punch fighting. But what I'm saying is, is like this. Here, I'm going to put it in the chat. Here's what. No, no, swords are like. Online swords are like pickups. Game. So, no, it, yeah, it's swords are pickups. Okay, you can knock them out of your hand. Gotcha. So it's that's... mostly hand-to-hand combat. All right, so that that explains why it's different than what I thought. But also, it's not open world in that way as well, um, and it's mostly single player. So, um... well, it's like single multiplayer. <laughs> you know, like Dark Souls is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it I think it could be interesting. You could put in a I don't really enjoy Victorian era uh stuff all that much, but I mean, you could definitely create a world that was that um and do this in. Um and you know, I don't know. I I would be very interested to see how people took to that um because you would definitely be a lot more stealth going on and a lot more moving around in ways and maybe they just do like instead of a hundred people and maybe you do a hundred people but in a smaller amount of land because they're not using like sniper rifles so it's not like you have to have this huge valley you can just have like the city section of victoria area london where a hundred people are like able to climb around the various areas like go up and use different levels of the buildings and stuff like that to like come at people sneak up in people in houses like you could just do a really polished version of that and i think you could uh you could probably make something unique in that genre uh because right now it's 
everyone shoots things. Everyone, uh, and then you have Fortnite, which is kind of like I don't even know what Fortnite is. I saw somebody uh, on a snowboard the other day. It was uh, uh, Ninja had some highlight that was posting through my Twitter account on a snowboard or or something or a skateboard or something, and like roll up a mountain, flying through the air, does a flip on the thing, and then like sniper rifles someone and lands. And I'm just like, what the hell is this game now? Um, and you could do the same thing with uh, a Dark Souls battle royale. Just like have people having all kinds of weapons they can choose from, different level of drops, the greens and purples and yellows, like always. I think it could be cool. Yeah, it could be cool. It's not like yeah. yeah. Our FPS is done after Doom is flooding the market with. FPSs? No. Stop the battle royale hate. I hate you now. <laughs> like you you don't, don't you you don't get to say a genre exists if just because you don't like that something else is more popular than your anime visual novels. I don't know, man. It's it's to me still a genre that I'm uh, not a hundred percent convinced. I'm not going to have this conversation we're again. Not, we're not. I'm just reiterating that on the other side of the fence, also not convinced it's going to last as an individual game mode that just people play forever. But then again, team deathmatch has been around forever. So I'm clearly in the wrong. I don't like team deathmatch either, but people yep. seem to love it. So, 64k uh, of RAM is all you need. <laughs> anyway, Daniel, tell the people where they can find you, sir. You can find me. Look, sorry, 640k of RAM. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at it's Daniel George. Uh, you can find me staring at the most hilarious picture render of a Google controller <laughs> on Twitter. We didn't get to that t- this week, but I feel like we're still juries out on that yeah we don't know what that is yet so i took it out i was like let's wait and see what they actually do and then we'll talk about it yeah there's a lot of stories going on about gdc panels based on bullshit that we hear about right and not wait for it to happen (laughs) xbox game pass on nintendo (laughs) uh you can find me writing about the dream yeah I don't have to own an Xbox me- for this? Yeah. Uh, you can find me writing about um, video games at apptrigger.com. Uh, Survivor's still going on. It's about to... It's in peak bullshit time. Uh, so you can find me writing about that at survivingtribal.com. Uh, maybe one day I'll go back on Twitch. I'm getting the itch. I've been watching these uh, Ocarina of Time randomizer runs and seeing the breadth of how difficult they can be. (laughs) Because, like, again, there are 100 gold skull tallas in this game. You need to get the hook shot to complete, like, half the dungeons. What if that's behind some bullshit? Or, you know, like, every... You've played Ocarina of Time, right? Yes. Like, you know how, like, there's the bomb chew bowling... Where you just put bomb shoes down and you try to hit the targets and there's chickens and things oh, yeah, in the yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of those things you have to do because they could be hiding the Song of Time. 
<laughs> so like maybe if I ever go back to Twitch it'll be playing fun weird games that are just tests of mental fortitude. And if I ever do that it'll be at twitch.tv slash degenerate. And you can find me at GOTMAB21 on Twitter. You can find the show at Screen Looker Podcast on Twitter, Facebook. Or, sorry, nope, not Facebook. Uh, you can find us on, <laughs> at Screen Looker Podcast on Twitter. You can find the show Screen Looker Podcast on all your favorite podcasts in the land, whether that is Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever that may be. Um, and with that being the case, I would just like to make it very clear that we have a very strong no child pornography stance on this show. Um, there is no equivocation about that. Uh, there is also uh, no rape on this show. No equivocation about that either. It's very easy. See, I said it in 10 seconds. And it's, and I, it's very clear where we stand on this. All right. <laughs> you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And now I'll talk to you all.